Lean for the City of Detroit is a new way of thinking. It's a way that focuses on bringing people together and alignment of mission and an approach. And it's really improving processes for residents, for internal departments, and making the city able to do more with less. Welcome to There's a Better Way, a podcast series focused on exploring how operational excellence principles can provide solutions in your personal and professional life. Each episode, Dr. Arvind Chandrasekharan, professor and academic director at The Ohio State University Fisher College of Business, will sit down with a prominent expert or faculty leader to discuss problems we face in our world today. This program is brought to you by the Master of Business Operational Excellence. Welcome to There is a Better Way. I'm here with Bethany Mellitz, director of the Lean Team for the City of Detroit. Welcome to the program, Bethany. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Great. So, Bethany, can you tell us more about your background and how you came to be a leader for the city of Detroit on lean transformation? Sure. Um, I actually grew up using lean Six Sigma. Uh, My dad was doing Six Sigma before it was called Six Sigma with Motorola back when it was called Meeting the Japanese Challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, He worked with Motorola and, uh, and was one of the first couple waves that got certified after the founders of Six Sigma created it. And, uh, and actually, I'm one of five daughters, six, six kids. I have a brother. My mom was pretty sick growing up, and it was pretty amazing to me how my dad would use Lean Six Sigma strategies to manage family dynamics. Uh, we knew 5S before. We knew that that wasn't normal way to clean your room. <laughs> um, and, uh, and my dad would have phrases, like do not deviate even one iota from the control plan. And, uh, and I thought that that was perfectly normal way to grow up. So um, in fact, even as a little girl with five daughters, my dad used to say, uh, what's the enemy? And we'd always answer boys and variation. That's just part of our personality. I've always been pretty good at math. And so I even did my first DOE when I was 12, uh, trying to figure out what's the what are the factors that contribute the most to the density of angel food cake? This was just a very normal way to problem solve in my house growing up. That's great. When I studied chemical engineering at Arizona state, um, I decided quickly after that, that I wasn't suited to be a chemical engineer full time. I really liked the problem solving part of it. And I went back to school for my master's in applied math. And, uh, and I really love the opportunities, data and analytics to answer questions. Mm. Uh, ultimately, after grad school, I started working for a consulting company that did work at Kraft Foods and automotive manufacturing. Um, and then I fell in love and moved to Michigan and, uh, and opted out of the consulting field. And when I was doing that, um, it was actually a really interesting time to be here in Detroit. Mayor Duggan was elected. Uh, He comes from a private industry background, and uh, he actually had been using Lean and Six Sigma in his experience and in his management role with the hospital here called the DMC. Some consultants came in and and showed him how Lean can change the way people do business. Um, And he said said it changed the way people work. And Mm -hmm. so when he first got elected, he did this big ask of the community and said, uh, I know that this can change the way people work. I don't have the money as a city mayor, new city mayor that just came out of bankruptcy to start paying fancy consultants. But if you think that you want to be part of Detroit's comeback, come volunteer your time with the city of Detroit. 
And the consulting company that I worked for called Global Productivity Solutions, they volunteered their time. Um, and so much so that one of the founders of the consulting company ended up starting out as the director here for the city of Detroit. And, uh, and she brought me on to be part of her team. That's great. Uh, in fact, <laughs> this is very interesting about uh, um, the way you, brought, you were brought up. You were raised with the, the Lean Six Sigma thing. I mean, I, I, I can tell you that I've tried and I failed miserably, uh, especially applying uh, 5S uh, to Kitchen with my wife. I, I think I failed that. <laughs> uh, congratulations to your dad who's successfully brought you up on that uh, thing. And, and like you said, um, Detroit, again, um, so for the listeners out there, there are so many different stories about uh, Detroit, the city of Detroit, the hospitals actually using Lean Six Sigma. In fact, uh, the Keystone initiative that Atul Gawande talks about in his book, uh, where Peter Pranavost uh, implemented this checklist, actually was in Detroit, where uh, he was able to bring down the central land infections uh, and save lives there by following simple rules uh, that make up Lean and Six Sigma. So there you go. So... Bethany, can you tell us more about now that you're a part of this lean team for the city of Detroit? Um, what's the composition of this team? And as you mentioned that there was a, a clear motivation behind the formation of this team. So what have they done so far? And what are some examples of uh, stories that you have learned so far in your journey there? Yeah, when the lean team was set out, it was set out with three main goals. Uh, the first one was to build capacity to train other people across the city to think like, like this. We actually, we do more than lean. We always focus on waste removal, but you can't focus on waste mitigation without looking at variation reduction. So we teach lean, we teach Six Sigma, and also um, as city and technology is changing, we've been uh, introducing agile techniques as well. And, uh, and especially there are a lot of tools and a lot of different belts that work together. But we're called the lean team because it's got a nice ring to it. And that's how it was originally built. But we, uh, we started uh, by building capacity across the city. So we offer a green belt training curriculum. That's a pretty extensive one. It's, uh, it's 12 weeks plus a project and we certify them. And, uh, and we've had about 300 people come through that training. We also solve, solve problems. So since we answer to the mayor, um, the mayor oversees all the department structures. And as, uh, as specific pain points become visible to the mayor's office or visible to the directors, we have the opportunity to go in and solve some of the, um, the cross-functional projects, pain points. Um, and the third thing is we're trying to build a culture of continuous improvement. And so uh, we want people to see that it's safe to experiment. We want people to know that it's safe to ask questions. And coming out of a pretty harsh environment like the bankruptcy, it's had a sincere impact on the culture around here. And Mayor Duggan put a, a core group of, there's just five of us now, um, that are really responsible for showing people that it's safe to think like this and actually advantageous to do so. So we have um, with five main lean team members with two more coming on board next week. Um, and, and in addition to that, Departments are starting to, I, I joke, they pilfer the lean team members, but they have been hiring the mayor's office full-time lean team members into their own departments. So we have several others that we continue to work with and that are, are continuing our three goals, even, even not being part of the mayor's team anymore. So uh, Bethany, are there some examples? These are very uh, good stories, but are there some specific examples of projects or initiatives that you did? And what were some lessons learned from that? 
Yeah. So the very first one that I got a chance to work on when I came online was actually income tax related. Uh, the city coming out of bankruptcy needs to boost its revenue. And so one of the projects that we looked at is why do so few people pay their city income taxes? And, uh, and the state and the feds have income tax and they didn't, they didn't have nearly as bad of a rate as we did. And so uh, we looked at what's the process people file their income taxes? What's the communication that they get? And how can we streamline that? And, uh, and then what are our compliance processes? So that was one of the first ones that I worked on. In the meantime, we supported the very first one that the mayor wanted everybody to work on was um, our EMS response time. So with a, with a focus, huge focus from police and fire, uh, we looked at what's our call intake look like? How do we uh, repair our police cars and fire cars? How do we uh, locate our police and fire? How do we use data to reduce the waste that's spent in between um, our calls themselves? So the EMS response time is one of the, the projects that impacts the most people. And there's actually a series of about 20 small projects that really added up to be an instrumental improvement. Mm. Um, so, so think about those two examples, right? One was the, <clears throat> the income tax example, working with the, the tax department. The other is the EMS working with the, the police department. So you are actually uh, being a part of the <clears throat> city of Detroit lean. You're actually working with uh, people that are outside in, in different backgrounds, right? Has that been mm -hmm. a challenge for you at all? Or, or, or like, how do you approach that? Because some of these people have never heard the term lean. Yeah, and, uh, and even then, a lot of them are pretty scared. It, it is helpful to come from the mayor's office. They think I have some kind of superpowers. And I, I also, I look and I sound a lot younger and less experienced than I am. So I have an interesting dichotomy here where people hear the authority of the mayor's office, but they see me and they feel suddenly less threatened. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that dynamic has been really helpful at, at getting people to be transparent about their opportunities for improvement. And, uh, and when you, when you have that transparency, when people are willing to be honest about where the process is broken, it's made it a lot easier to fix. So, and, uh, and our residents, we actually have, the mayor has defined a really incredible voice of the customer mechanism. We have a department of neighborhoods that's, uh, that's divided up into the seven districts across the city. And their whole focus is how do we get the voice of the people to the departments? And how do we really prioritize projects that impact the people? We have to have a clear line to the people. So, um, so being part of the mayor's office, I have a clear line to the departments themselves, but also we have this department of neighborhoods that really helps us translate our resident needs into something that we can go ahead and fix. Okay, and, and you just mentioned people, or the, the people living in Detroit. Are they aware of this initiative, Bethany? Because again, you work with these offices, but at the end of the day, you're actually solving people's problems, right? Do they know that there is this entity that's actually doing all these things behind, which is the reason why they're able to like have an easier process to call a police officer or easier process to actually file taxes? Yes and no. Uh, we've done a couple podcasts, but it's mostly in the continuous improvement industry. And we, we also have a website, uh, DetroitMI.gov slash lean, that's open to the public and people can see what is this lean team about. And there's examples at the bottom of that of what are projects that we've worked on and what's the impact that they've had. So we do have the information available. And also, we, uh, as we're working on these projects, like one of the biggest projects that's on my plate right this minute is... Fiat Chrysler is opening its first automotive plant in the northern part of the country in decades. 
So um, this plant, they've, they've promised to give Detroiters first opportunity at all the jobs. And in order to do that, our Detroit at Work team has to provide them a list of candidates that's, that's been screened as part of our program. We've already had, I think it's almost 10,000 people say, I want to be part of this program. So we're looking at the processes. How do we meet the needs of all 10,000 people? How do we screen them? How do we provide value to FCA? So the other companies want to come to us for a clearly list of great screened candidates. And so this, this process here that's on my plate, um, we've been really working on how do we meet the needs. And, and as we have these community events, it's really been me who's been up front explaining this is the process to people because no one knows the design better than me who's using all of my lean skills to design it. So uh, I think we're getting some extra exposure that way. But um, I've been mostly flying behind the scenes. Hmm. You're that invisible person behind uh, who's doing all the magic work, but the people don't know about that, right? So it's great. And I think that helps too, because people are willing to work with us if, if they think they'll get good credit. Hmm. So That's great then. So from a standpoint of the, the people itself, right? I know like... Um, uh, you, uh, again, as a part of this lean initiative, you've invested more on technology that people can use, right? Can you tell us more about what are those initiatives that are going on right there? Yes. And so I also, I want to be clear that the lean team supports initiatives. And mm -hmm. just like what we just talked about, we, we work behind the scenes. Our do it, that's what we call our, our Detroit's office of innovation technology, do it. Um, our do it team has really been leading the charge of future innovations for technology. But the lean team has really been coming in behind them and trying to figure out how do we build the processes that support this technology. So one of the coolest opportunities that we had several years ago, one of the lean team members uh, who works for Do It Now, she's been integrated fully into their department. Um, there's an app called C-Click Fix. And it's an opportunity for residents to use their phone if they see an unusual pothole or a fire hydrant that doesn't work, or there's a street light out, they can go right into C-Click Fix, log the complaint, and we've developed processes where departments have to respond to those complaints immediately. They have to put it in their plan to resolve these things. We want to give residents a voice, and we also realize that our street light inspectors can't do all the city all at once. Residents are helping us by letting us know where we need to prioritize our resources. And so the lean team has been working on, on supporting those processes. And every time we actually get weekly reports for how many requests came in, how many requests were resolved. And we use those weekly reports to continue to prioritize future project opportunities. So if we start to see the average to repair a down telephone pole is increasing dramatically, we can say, hey, let's stop what we have. Let's do a quick event and, and get some quick wins in place to get that going. Okay. And uh, uh, if you think about it, right, so you mentioned a lot of these tools uh, from the Lean or Six Sigma uh, processes, right? So if you were to go back and <clears throat> live through your experience, what do you think are some very critical tools or elements of Lean that is actually helping you in this journey? So there's a few. Um, obviously, process mapping is critical. And obviously, uh, Stakeholder analysis is critical. Identifying what's important to whom and how do we prioritize those things. With so many opportunities in the city, having the ability to prioritize really matters. And, uh, and being able to make the case for why we have to focus our resources on this than this 
it's really imperative to being able to do otherwise you're just doing 800 things half done so um, the so process mapping prioritization and the third one is uh, probably data analytics mm. um, being able to take whether it's uh, in internal projects like our HR data, how do we take our performance evaluations and make them into something that we can drive reaction plans and growth plans and, and employee recognition from? Uh, those are things that haven't easily been done across the city for a while. And, uh, and so being able to build some quick templates so they can do this going forward is an easy way that we can participate. Hmm. And and Bethany, I mean, like, are there? I know, like, uh, the state of Ohio has its own lean initiatives, right? So, are there other cities or state governments doing some of these things? And if so, like, uh, um, are there some things that that you all go together and learn from each other? Is there any consortium or sorts of lean people uh, in the governments agencies? Oh, we do have a Michigan Lean Consortium, and the state of Michigan is a part of it, and we have a whole series of. Um, of companies that's local and that are part of it and we actually the city of detroit just hosted a michigan lean consortium coffee chat for businesses to participate in i'm also connected and i'm speaking at the iowa lean consortium uh, that's that's set up through the state of Ohio, or iowa um, i've been connected with the state of colorado and the city of sedona and so as uh, one of the softwares that we use called Morsteam has been really instrumental at connecting Detroit with other cities who are doing the same thing and we're learning best practices state of Colorado I think is the one that just showed me one of their visual work boards that they use to track their team's activities and priorities and we've already implemented it into our office and it's it's just incredible to be able to share um, best practices like that okay and again so this is important because you all learn you have very similar problems although you can still learn from other companies profit organizations but but learning from each other cities again how they're actually reaching out to their end customers which are the, the people living there and be a hidden part of the journey because as you said it's not you are solving their problems but you're creating opportunities for those regional offices and regional institutions to develop capabilities to solve the problem so it's very important to learn from each other so I'm going to ask you one question, uh, Bethany, which is actually outside uh, the lean world, right? So I know you said you live in Detroit and you love Detroit. Every time you ask anybody about Detroit, they're going to say uh, something about the auto industry or it just had a bankruptcy and it's coming out of the bankruptcy. What do you think are some information that people would love to know about the city that is not auto industry oriented or bankruptcy oriented? And also along those lines, there, are, there could be some misconceptions about Detroit, right? Is there, are there any misconceptions that you think you would like to correct uh, for our listeners out there? Yeah, you forgot one. You said bankruptcy and auto industry, but the third thing that everybody associates with Detroit is corruption. Oh. So I've come across those three things almost exclusively, and sometimes people will throw in Motown. Hmm. Um, but those, those tend to be the themes. When people hear Detroit, those are the only ever responses. But Detroit actually has some of the most parks per capita of any, uh, of, of any city. I think that that's true. And, and so much green space that, uh, that has been transformed over the past couple of years. We have a thriving parks and recreation department that is meeting residents where they need to be for, for children and adults and senior citizens. And, uh, and so that's been an incredible thing to see continue to improve. But it started, it started strong. It has a 24-hour economy in addition to 
the Motown. There's, an, there's a high amount of recording studios and movies that are filmed in Detroit. And it has casinos and sports venues. And uh, Detroit actually has the second largest theater district in the U.S., second only to New York. So there are a lot of things that, uh, that Detroit has that people never associate with it. Any, any misperception about Detroit that you would like to correct to our listeners? I think that the misperception that it can't come back that it's only auto and there's no hope for auto in America. So A, there is hope for auto in America and this brand new FCA plant in Detroit shows it. The automation that Henry Ford is working on too, using our old train station, they're creating a whole auto automated vehicle alleyway in which they're continuing to invest in new, new technology. That's an incredible thing to be a part of. Um, but so many people say Detroit has been through too much and it can't come back. And in my limited experience here, I have seen it change and transform every single day in, in an incredible way. Oh, it's very clear. Again, given all your efforts through your thing you're doing, it is clear that uh, the rebonding are bound to happen there. So I really want to take uh, thank you for taking your time, Bethany. I think um, um, I enjoyed listening to some of the initiatives that is going on up north. We call it up north from here. <laughs> but uh, it's been a pleasure having you in our podcast. And I wish uh, the best of luck as you continue this journey and uh, help Detroit revive its uh, originality. Thank you so much for taking some time today. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of There's a Better Way. To listen to our other episodes and for more information on the Master of Business and Operational Excellence, please visit go.osu.edu backslash M-B-O-E.